Hello and welcome to JoJo's Bizarre Podcast. I mean, aloha and welcome to JoJo's Bizarre Podcast. My name is Mark, and this is a podcast where we talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And by we, I don't mean the royal we, but just myself, Mark. I'm also joined by Jackie. Hello. And via Skype. Aloha. Via Skype, we have Miles on the other line. So say hello again. You're joining me. I'm where I'm supposed to be. This is going to be rough. Miles is talking to us from New Jersey. We're using uh, the Microsoft app known as Skype. So this, this may sound like shit. We're in Hawaii. We're in Hawaii. Is Yay. that not obvious? Yay. Perhaps that's one of those things that should be said out loud. Uh, so Miles has this podcast. What? You're so dedicated to this podcast. Yeah, yeah, this is really silly. How was New Jersey? Uh, it's fine. You described it as fine. Okay. This week, we're going to be talking about Golden Wind, episode 35, The Requiem Quietly Plays, part two, and also reading a bunch of not-so-emails that we got, including some spoilers. Some people spoiled... Part six for Miles. Stop set, Stop sending us spoilers. Miles somehow got spoiled despite there being a big like spoiler warning ahead written out. Someone wrote spoiler warning. And my, I wanted Miles to, was like, what did you say? I wanted to know. <laughs> Fair enough. Do you regret looking at that spoiler? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like kind of big. Anyway... Um, let's read some emails. Uh, Miles, why don't you start so we can hear how fucked up your voice sounds over Skype. Right. Uh, the first is from Mouth of Hadar. They told us how to pronounce it. Uh, even though I love Traitor's Requiem, I was disappointed by the change to the intro. Seeing Diavolo was cool, but the part they added just kind of brought the song to a screeching halt, and I didn't think it sounded good. I disagree, I thought it was cool. Uh, P.S. Now we can add Coco Jumbo to the list of stand users Polnareff has gotten killed, I think. P.P.S. Yeah. You walk away, you don't hear me say, please, oh baby, I'm horny. Uh, what is that? When you walk away, you don't hear me say, please, oh baby. That is familiar. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is. Should we look it up? No. <laughs> Let's keep going. All right. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read a thing now. What am I reading, Zach? Yep. This is from Zach. Uh, I really like Giorno, and he doesn't deserve to be called lame. His design is also really cool. Pink, blue, and gold go together well. That is true, I agree. Um, P.S. Every time I close my eyes, I take a deep breath and try my best to stay calm on a stressful day. That's very nice. P.P.S. Tell Miles to say Toon Link again, please. Toon Link. Is Toon Link even a thing? Yes. In Brawl. Toon Link. Metal Link. Tone Loak. Chain Link. Jorno's not lame. Jorno's fine. I like Jorno. He's He's whatever. I like Jorno. He's like if Tofu had every power in the world, I think. (laughs) I think he's like a sweet guy who cares about things. I would rather hang out with him than Jotaro. Hmm. No. I think he is a good friend. I think Jorno is a good friend. He'll always heal you. And um, he just wants to do the right thing. And he'll steal things as well. 
I don't know. I think he's fine. Cool. Huh? Andy looks cool. He does look cool. Chilltoe looks cooler. That's my feeling. I disagree. That's how the fuck I feel. I don't like his hat hair. It confuses me. No, I like it. All right. Well, agree to disagree. What's next, Mark? Uh, we have a email here from, I assume that's Octavius or Octavius. Uh, a couple of quick questions, mostly for Jackie and Miles. Fine. Uh-huh. What do you want to see from the series from here on out? Do you have any predictions? Mark, I know it's been a while since you've read some later parts, so feel free to give your thoughts. Also, fuck, Mary kill, Polpo, Pesci, Incarnate. Pia sent from my broke and via turtle Wi-Fi. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, so fuck Mary Q. Uh, Q fuck Mary Q. Um, <laughs> Polpo is the the big guy who shoots himself with a banana. Yes. Pesci is uh, the coward guy who looks like an eggplant head and has the fishing line. Um, and Carne is the guy we see like for a second who gets shot at the airport. I don't remember. Oh, that guy. Oh, he's a big guy, right? He's like a big boxy guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll fuck Pesci. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you marry? Um, I'll marry I'll marry Cardine and I'll kill Polpo. Okay. Miles. I'm trying to look up Polpo to remember what he looks like. Oof. Has like a straight, super pointy nose. And Carney is the dead guy. Yeah, you, well, you don't have to fuck him when he's dead. You can fuck him when he's alive. Jeez. I guess I would marry Polpo. Okay. I would kill Carne because it's his destiny, and I guess I would have sex with Pesci. Mm. I'm not Both of us Pesci. I guess I think I would marry Pesci because I think he's a pushover, and I could mm-hmm. just like tell him what to do. Mm. He would be like fine as long as I talk to him like I'm his older bro. Um, I would marry Cardinet because he would just die, and then I would just I don't I don't need to worry about him anymore. <laughs> Hopefully Stan doesn't hate me because I move. It will. I don't know. I don't know if this FMK includes Stan's. Hold for police. Is that by you or by me? By me. There's police in Hawaii. There's it's the fi- dude it's Hawaii Five O. Uh, and I would fuck uh, Polpo because he's a bed and I could take a nap after we have sex. Mm-mm-mm. Very good. Uh, Alex P., I believe that the Requiem Arrow is an Araki forgot moment because if it supposedly gives your stand a power-up upon piercing it while the other arrows don't and it's supposed to be one Requiem Arrow, then how do you explain Kira Queen's white Zadusta? Yes, stand up, join us. Horny Crusaders alive. Um, well, the, the Killer Queen thing, the bites the dust, is it doesn't pierce his stand, it pierces him. Right. And that could be like a double Araki for Kai, because it doesn't just pierce the stand, it pierces the person. Mm-hmm. I think it's all just wrong. I think it's yeah. all, it's like just three different ideas. I that think it's just, like, whatever. That, well, no, someone explained it, that it's just this arrow that is well uh, that would that was one theory but but alex is saying how do you explain bites the dust because that's a different arrow and that's when kira gets like the arrow goes into his wrist and he gets the groundhog day power 
So that's a different arrow that... Ah, you get different powers if it pierces yeah. you. Yeah. And this is the one that you have to pierce a stand. Yeah. And uh, maybe there's another arrow that if you pierce the family pet, you get another power. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's like another stand arrow out there. Maybe there's one where if you don't pierce yourself, you get powers. You know? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the possibilities are endless. Who knows? Sure. All right. Next we have, what did this say? Girog? Giral. Giral. Uh, I've been teaching myself Japanese for about six months now and wanted to share a cool fact I discovered. Turns out the kanji, uh, kanji is Chinese characters brought into Japanese, uh, I guess. They're, they're the characters that symbolize, like, full words or ideas. Yeah, yeah they're, they're the Chinese characters. I guess, but, like, that's what it is. Like, they're, they're, they're words that... They have meaning. Yes, that's true. They're like characters that have like a full meaning. Correct. Um, used to spell. Okay, so the kanji used to spell Higashikata. Josuke's last name. Josuke's family name. Oh really? Okay, Higashikata. R and then it shows what they are. I can't describe them to you because this is an auditory medium and you can't see what this is. But look Correct. up. Look it up. Higashikata. Um, R blank. Fill in the blank. Uh, which roughly translates to in the direction of east or just eastwards. I thought that this was interesting as Josuke is the first eastern Jojo protagonist. Is he? Yes. Eastern Jojo protagonist, and he appears in the first part to take place uh, in the east. P.S. Every time I sign my email, I worry my P.S. is too corny. That's it. Pretty good. I like that you have tildes around it. The tildes make me happy. Um, I think that is a very good observation. I did not put that together. Mm-hmm. And it is indeed probably intentional. Um, yeah, because we have Jonathan's English, Joseph is English and American, or English American, I guess. Jotaro, though, Jotaro is, he's half, you know, like, because he, he does, Jotaro does live in Japan, right, with Holly, with his mom. I guess he's, well, no, because Josuke is a quarter English. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's because, like, Josuke represents the East because he takes place in Japan, whereas Jotaro immediately leaves Japan with the, the Stardust Crusaders. Mm-hmm. So, I still think there's a connection okay. there, but I also don't know if I would say Josuke is the first Eastern protagonist. He you never know? leaves. He's the only one that doesn't leave. Yeah. What's Miles? Yeah, I agree with you. I think Jotaro is the first Eastern Jojo protagonist. All right. Still still a good point, but you're wrong. You're wrong, Jotaro. Giraffe. Giraffe? His name is Giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. Giraffe. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> Miles, you want to read the next one? This is from Hanixter. This is the person who wrote in last week. Who was mad at us or yeah took issue with us constantly bringing up bruno punching himself and yeah email this week is i'm not really mad jackie so there you go okay we can still, we're still friends it's fine even if you were mad it's fine you can be a mad friend uh right well in 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 his email he also like it, it says uh in a recent email, a recent episode, you said that you like when people send emails that are a little more ranty in perspective. So I thought if I ranted a bit, a bit, I would get my email read. Uh, okay. Well, you know, that happened. So cool. 
<laughs> he was like, never meant to hurt your feelings. You didn't hurt my feelings. It's fine. We're all, we're a good man. We're all good. Um, da, da, da. Oh, I think he's writing this email, by the way, while we're in the middle of discussing it. Yeah, I got that vibe, too. Because, like, because while, while we're discussing, he's, like, writing his response. Because uh, he, he says later, now I hear Miles snapping at me a bit in the background, so I'm cool with hurting his feelings, LMAO. Uh, still no issues with Mark at all. <laughs> He's the best. Yep. And got my explanation. Yep. You guys, that's true. Mark did get the explanation. If Mark didn't get it, I would have been like, I don't, I still, <laughs> I'm still like, what the fuck? Um, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Bless you. Miles violently <laughs> sneezing over here. Oh man, this is the first. I'm allergic to bullshit. That's no I'm kidding. <laughs> That's right. We have we have video recording on, so I can pull the audio out of this. And I, really, <laughs> I might. Wait cut a that. minute. Why don't we just release the? Actually, no. I look like shit. I was gonna say why don't we release the video, but then I was like, never mind. <laughs> that would be very funny. Extra bonus content. You can pay for the full. You can watch. I'm gonna slow Miles down. Well, sneeze oh, down we, to like 3,000 frames per we second. We could just make a, a gif of the of the sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. You email from Jane, and it says, Jordo has a star birthmark on his left shoulder. It was shown in the episode during the confrontation with Leaky Eye Luca. That's like the first episode. Mm. So I guess it had been a while since yeah. we, we saw it. P.S. Every time I close my eyes, I realize that Jordo and my son share a birthday, April 16th. Is your... Son, Shorno. Did Dio write us an email? <laughs> From Dio. Um, with love. What's that? Is this the first daddy to write us? Any other daddies out there? This is the first pr- confessed daddy. Mm. We may have had previous daddies write to us, but they did not tell us. No one else has written to us about their child. <laughs> All right, Miles, you read the next email. Chad? Yeah. Uh, Chad, your fellow Hawaiian, correct, asks, do you think JoJo's series would be better or worse if Araki never forgot a decision he made? P.S. Every time I close my eyes, Requiem, Silver Chariots, dummy thick booties, all I see. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, uh, I guess that is part of the charm is like, being like, oh, does that last part connect? Does that make sense? Because what's nice is that Araki never writes like, hey, I'm retconning this, you know? So you're never 100% sure what is like outdated and irrelevant. Um, what would we talk about if he never forgot? What would we talk about? Yeah. That's what I was saying is like people have been like, oh, you should watch this anime or watch this anime next. But like, I think our episode will be 10 minutes because we'll just be like, and then this happened, which is obvious, that makes sense, and then they did this, and that's weird, but whatever, and then we would just be done. Whereas with JoJo's, we get all this time to just flip out on all the weirdness. So, you know. <laughs> I think it'd be worse. I like it this way. Wouldn't want it any other way. All right, we got an email from Jackson. Jackson says, I thought I should go ahead and claim myself as the number one listener from Georgia, the state, not the country. If you guys want to stay on David Production's schedule so you can hopefully easily transition into the Stone Ocean anime when it comes out, 
DP is making a new anime called Enen no Shobotei. Tai. Tai. Enen no Shobotei. Uh, th- which, which means Fire Force, or is being translated as Fire Force. That will run weekly for about a year. Without saying too much about it, from my understanding, it's a show where a group of firefighters try to figure out how to stop people from randomly randomly catching on fire and becoming demons. <laughs> that which is a recurring problem in this world. Uh, <laughs> here's this a trailer world? for the show. Uh, PPS, you guys also brought up the fact that Jorno was stabbed with the arrow during the Black Sabbath fight, but that only happens in the manga. David Productions changed it so the arrow did not pierce Jorno in the anime, but to be fluent with how Requiem stands are activated. PPPS, horny. Okay. PPPPS. Okay, okay. That makes sense, because I remember we were. We were like, we don't remember the stand arrow piercing, uh, uh, yeah, hitting hitting gold experience, and yeah, people were telling us that because they were thinking of the manga, mm. which I read in 1996. Just kidding, I'm not that old. I could have, it would have been weird. I read it in like 2006. That would have been like third grade. 96. Oh, what are you talking about? Oh, you're right. That'd be fourth grade. Third grade, you should be eight and nine, I think, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, good info. That anime does sound kind of cool. Um, I don't know why, but I kind of want them to just be regular firefighters. Like, they're just dressed in the big, stupid, baggy clothes with the hats and they have to run after demons. They're not stupid. They protect them from fire. But they look stupid. Like, let's let's be honest. They're, those are fashion crimes. They may be practical, but... Not very 2019. It's not very sexy. Um, okay. <clears throat> this email is from. Oh, it's from Link. But this is uh, Breath of the Wild. Link. Breath of the Wild is like one of the later Zelda's, right? Anyway, in the chronology. One. What? Isn't it the latest one? In terms of release, yeah. But I'm saying chronologically, I think it is later. Miles is rolling his eyes. <laughs> Miles literally plays a football management simulator game, but doesn't like nerd nerd. Uh, you guys have been discussing JoJo in different time periods, so I wanted to pitch my personal part I would create. Hmm. I would have an arc set in the 60s during the Vietnam era. It would see an American Joe star drafted into the war. Aww. Stand users are usually the scrappy type, so I assume many others would either volunteer or be drafted due to low social status. Because of the way stand users attract each other, this Joestar would end up in a platoon with other stand users, similar to Bucciolati's gang. The stands would be named after Vietnam-era groups like Creedence Clearwater Revival and Buffalo Springfield. Mm. The arc would have a darker tone and explore the tragedy of war, mm. as well as the ethics, etc. Uh, I'm into it. The song, for what it's worth, would be a great ending song. Um, it would be kind of like other Vietnam-era movies, like Platoon, Full Metal Jacket. Uh, the big bad guy would be a sadistic member of their platoon who enjoys killing innocents and despises his squadmate's sense of justice. Pia, every time I close my eyes, tears run down my face, and I'm too sad to be horny. Aww. You should get your eyes checked. They shouldn't tear up every well, time you close them. I really like that Vietnam idea. And I just finished Ken Burns' Vietnam. Highly recommend it. How was it? It's a bummer. Aww. But you recommend it anyway? Yeah. You want everyone to be bummed? Not everything is happy. Are you a Nine Inch Nails fan now? No. But they did the soundtrack and you liked it. 
Yeah, but that's not what I liked about it. Well, I thought you liked it all. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know about this. I don't. I don't love Vietnam stuff. But okay, you've clearly put a lot of thought into it, and that is cool. And, uh, you know, the thing is, with stand users at war, it makes me think of that scene in Watchmen where uh, Dr. Manhattan is in Vietnam, I guess, or the Korean War, or whatever he is, and it's just this giant Dr. Manhattan, like, zapping enemy soldiers. It's, like, very unfair, very overpowered. That's kind of what I picture. But it's certainly a cool sort of mashup concept. Um, anyway, Miles, is it your turn to read? Mr. President. Yes? Uh, is the sender of this email. Oh. What do y'all think Sex Pistols Requiem would or will do? Would there still be six of them? P.S. Every time I close my eyes, I wake up wondering how many slices of bread I've eaten in my entire life. P.P.S. My name is in reference to JoJo's, not to any actual real-world political president. Eye-rolling emoji. Hey, keep politics out of this. Uh, no, I think it's good because um, we're here in Hawaii, and at some like store there were a bunch of souvenirs, one of which was just this little thing of just Donald Trump like jokey merchandise. Yeah. Including like Donald Trump lip balm, which I don't understand, and like a bunch of bobbleheads and stuff. So that's what I think of when you say Mr. President. Anyways, I think Sex Pistols Requiem would do something completely unlike riding bullets because Silver Chariot Requiem is so incredibly different. It's like a meta stand compared to Silver Chariot Regular who just stabs shit. What does um, Silver Chariot Requiem even do now? It just walks slowly. And like, it, it I mean, walks like area effects. It swaps souls and it protects the arrow. Even though the arrow also protects itself, I guess we'll get into it. Yeah. I know. And he so just... I don't know what Sex Pistols would do in that situation. He stops traffic with his huge booty. Everyone's like, damn, <laughs> look at that stand. That I think happens. Um, See, so yeah, I think Sex Pistols Requiem would, like, uh, turn, uh, like, oxygen into hydrogen. <laughs> so when you like blow on one of those party whistles, like it was like, like it's that's what the stand shape is. And when you do that, all the oxygen turns into nitrogen in a certain area. Oh. That's what I've decided. And it's called fuck pistols. Hmm. <laughs> I've decided that now. All right, everyone, thanks for writing in. If you want to be in, <laughs> you can write to Jojo's Bizarre Pod at gmail.com. I promise you we will read it through like proper quality microphones when we're in the same room it won't be like this uh no apologies to the people who wrote in this week though you got what you got and you don't complain uh should we read about what should we talk about the, <laughs> the episode yes let's yeah, do yeah. it yeah so we pick up where we left off indeed we do everyone's minds are all switched around the old switcheroo you will switch to Rooney. Gujarati is the boss. It's in the boss's body. Diablo. Yes, Diablo's body. And he looks hot. Um, and 
Gujarati can tell that, uh, what can he tell? He can tell that Trish is in Mista, I think. And they start, everybody just kind of reveals like who they are. The turtle starts talking and Polnareff introduces himself to Gujarati and catches up to everything, right? Yes. The turtle is Polnareff. Right. Somehow a turtle has the right lips and <laughs> tongue movements to sound like a person. Yeah. It'd be better if Polnareff was like, I'm a turtle. I'm here to tell you. Yeah. Well, later we see a dog talking, so like, yeah, maybe a, a dog talking makes more sense to me than a turtle. Because turtles have beaks and their tongues don't move that much. I don't think. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But you're wrong. Okay. Yeah. How? Yeah. So, so remind us. So like remind us about the all the body switching and stuff you see like regular people where there's like a dog and a man and and his master switch places and so the man is a dog and then the man the man body with the dog mind is like working and then there's like a mom and a baby that switch places and so the mom body is crying and the baby body is like it's okay sweetie <laughs> which is funny. Um, refers to it as a quote bizarre situation. Oh, and he looked right into the camera. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, they figure out that the boss uh, is mind, or they think that the boss's mind is in Gujarati, so they have number seven watching him. Yeah, and... one of the sex pistols is just sitting there looking at Gujarati. Yes. Are there seven total? No. There's no four. So it's one, two, three, five, six, seven. Okay. Um, yeah. And and around this time, I was wondering, like, how does the split personality thing work? And I think I, like, just ended up predicting that that would become a thing. Haha. Because I was like, wait a minute, how does this, how does the split personality thing, like, is that part of this somehow? Did, like, the bodies go to, did the minds go to two different places? Um, and so we see the sticky fingers tries to... Oh, right, right. Um, who is it? Somebody who has sticky fingers. That's Gujarati. Yeah, in Diablo's body. Okay, so he tries to pick up the arrow, and then sticky fingers jumps out. Of his own arm. Yeah, and tries to fight him. And then a bunch of weird stuff happens, because I couldn't follow it. There was too much going on. Yeah, it was like, like Trish tries to grab the thing, and then and then I don't know. Or, yeah, or like Mista, does. Mista and Trish tries to shoot the arrow away or something, and then what happens is one of the sex pistols, like the bullet starts flying back at his head, but then I guess Trish in Mista's body, I think I clipped it before, but whatever. Then Trish uses her Spice Girl power to make the bullet turn super soft, and so the bullet hits Trish Mista. No, yeah in the head and it's all liquidy so it doesn't kill and then the sex pistols number seven is like trying to punch him in the head and being like i'll kill you and they're like what are you doing and the sex pistol goblin is like what and so that's when they realize that your stand turns against you if you try to touch the arrow or whatever yes and i think at some point silver chariot requiem runs back to the arrow and picks up his severed arm which he lost last episode and reattaches it um and yeah, it still is super weird to me that Chariot Requiem is not connected at all to Polnara, that he just doesn't have a stand anymore. Yeah. It's also weird that later they're like, oh, regular people without stands can also see and touch it. But to my understanding, that was only possible if a stand enhanced an existing object, like a boat or I a car. Even, I don't even know how they 
figured that out. Like, how, why do they think that the sand can be seen by regular people? Yeah. So now Requiem Silver Chariot is like its own living thing. It's not it's like, like an extension of anyone. It's like it's just another dude with powers. Well, on that note, here is Araki's description of God damn it. Oh. Remember that stand, God damn it? No, sorry, my browser was being weird, but I got it here. Mozart began writing his Requiem when he got a commission from a mysterious visitor. Here we have a pitch black messenger creating an image of death. The visitor's gender remains a mystery, so I gave the stand an androgynous fashion. I don't think that's true. I think the stand is dressed masculinely. And I also don't know what this mysterious visitor did for Mozart. And I did not look it up. I think it looked, I think the fashion looked androgynous because it kind of has like its belly hanging out. But the thing is, everybody in the show is androgynous, I think. So. I didn't think that I, I thought that Araki was doing that on purpose for everybody. Yeah. Mozart never finished Requiem. He died before he could complete it. Oh, so maybe that's when he's a mysterious visitor. Does he mean death? No. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did he not finish it and then he went on and made other shit? What? No, he died before he could finish it. Oh, you did say that. Sorry, I was looking up uh, information. About other things. Let's see here. Scholars believe the last bars he wrote were the first eight of the seventh movement, Lacrimosa. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, Araki. I don't see any trivia about the visitor. But that's how but, they portray it in the movie Amadeus. Someone dressed up as death shows up and like hands him something or tells him to write the requiem. I don't remember. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Did you just spoil it? Yeah, Mozart dies at the end of Amadeus. No, but like I didn't know there was a fantastic representation of death or whatever. It's just a dude dressed in black. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I spoiled it. Sorry. Maybe Araki only saw Amadeus, and he thinks he's talking about history, but really it's just an artistic interpretation of what happened. It's a pretty good movie. I gotta see it. It's so long. Every time I think about watching it, I'm like, I don't have three hours. I do, but I don't want it. <laughs> Anyway. Because Araki does love movies. We know that about him. That's true. He loves mm-hmm. films. He loves filmies. So a bunch of stuff happens. Bullets are flying around fucking everywhere. Right? And then, no. <laughs> and, then and then the bullets like the bullets also have like gray goo on them as well. Because I think Spice Girl turns them into liquid. All this weird stuff is happening. I like Whatever. I was gonna write an angry email like Jackie it was all very clear. Um, but <laughs> I'll say right now it was not very clear. That's right, you nerds. Stuff happening. What's that, Miles? I said that's right, you nerds. Right in. <laughs> I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I'm just saying that just a lot happened. I'm not gonna go through it. Like it was happening too fast for me to write it down. I'll say it doesn't make sense. I think it, it makes sense. It doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense. I just I think it's weird <laughs> that. The arrow can protect itself, and Silver Chariot Requiem holds it and protects it. Like, why? Why are you is doing that? Is the arrow causing the stands to attack you, or is it Silver Chariot? Because the arrow wasn't doing that before Silver Chariot came around, right? Yeah, because he says that. Yeah, because Polnareff says, "Oh, that's the power of Silver Chariot is that if you attack the arrow, it turns against you." But later, he because he can control minds. It can control your stands. Oh, someone in the email, by the way, said that they thought it was a poor translation, and that really it should translate to. 
um, that it can control souls. It's over chariot requiem controls souls. But it controls sands too. Sands don't have souls. They or are sand, your sands soul. are a manifestation of your soul. Okay, fine. So, but then that's the thing is later when the arrow is dropped on the street, Jornal throws a rock at it and it bounces back or whatever. And then I could swear they're saying the arrow is defending itself and the arrow may be yeah. invincible. Yeah. Unless they're saying that in the context of Silver I, Chariot Requiem. No, I think the arrow can defend itself too. I don't know. Whatever. It's very quick. Um, all right, so then it's when they go on a little... No, this is when uh, I think... This is when they start shooting at Bucciarati. Yeah, they, they're like... Because he's waking up. Because Diablo must be in Bucciolati's body. So they are like, don't let him walk. And they shoot him in places that seem like they'd be good to stop you from walking. Even though one, one or two of them is clearly in the abdomen. Mm. Yeah. Like, you could just shoot him in, like, the knees or something, guys. Like, whatever it is. Isn't isn't Bucciolati's body already dead, basically? Yeah. It was a lot of blood. I thought it just wouldn't matter. I thought he was just a zombie and he'd get shot and you just get the fuck back up because he's like invincible kind of and dead already. But well, I guess not. No more blood? Say again? Doesn't he have no more blood? Yeah, I didn't think so either. But the blood was shooting out. Yeah. It should have just been air like. Yeah. When he got hit like a balloon. Um, so they do. The Narancha does his radar thing and they see nobody's really coming to save him. Uh, and Narancha kind of gives, like, this little kind of stream of consciousness speech kind of thing. He's like, I can't wait to see Fugo and, like, that they love each other, and I don't care if he calls me dumb. And I can't wait to eat piping hot pizza. Yeah. He's, this and, is exactly like the cop going, like, oh, when I retire, I'm going to do this and this and this. Or the scene in Black Dynamite where he's like, when I get home, I'm going to whatever, and then he immediately dies. Yeah. 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 All, like all the things that, that, that that's so mean. We should and we should have seen this coming too. It should have been like, okay, why is Narancha all of a sudden telling us all his future plans and stuff? <laughs> uh, he says like, Trish, we're gonna protect you no matter what. Um, and then Mista, it's so hard to talk about these characters because sometimes I'm talking about the mind and sometimes I'm talking about the body and they're different, but. Mista in Trish tells Trish and Mista to hand him bullets, right? Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So Trish and Mista goes to hand Mista and Trish bullets, and suddenly the bullets are no longer in Trish Mista's hand, and now they're in Mista Trish's hand, and they're and some are on the floor. Um, because time skipped ahead. So every, that's everybody realizes time skipped, and they're like, "Fuck, um, you know, how could that be?" Uh, Mista tells Trish to drop another bullet because there's four on the ground right now, and that's really bad luck. So I guess this is like saying something bad is going to happen, you know, to let us yeah. all know. I was I was just going to wonder out loud, like, why is this important? But yeah, that's true. Yeah. It is bad luck, but even without the bad luck omens, just like. Bad things are happening. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's true. So they don't understand who could be controlling King Crimson. Um, because, yeah, the Bucciolati body doesn't move. Yeah. So they're out, of, they're out of King Crimson's range if they were right in assuming that Diablo got sucked into Bucciolati's body. Yeah. And would be controlling King Crimson from over there. So we still don't know who actually, where King Crimson is, right? We, like, see King Crimson briefly in the shadows. 
Yeah. Okay. But we don't, but we don't know who, where the, where the boss's mind is. Yes. Right. So I think it's in the turtle. No, Bulnarif is the. I know. You mean inside the turtle room? No, I think that because like split per- the split minds was existing already in Diablo, so mm-hmm. it might, it's probably one of the guys. So you think it's like a double mind inside one of their bodies? Yeah, that's what I think. Oh, I think it's someone we don't recognize, like when Kira switched bodies in Part Four. But. And it could be anyone now. It could be, but it needs to be somebody close enough, doesn't it, to be able to skip time? And if Bujarati wasn't close enough, that means there was somebody. If it's not one of them. Then it's somebody who, who was close enough. Who would have been close enough? There's nobody else there. I think there's a dog outside the Coliseum, right on the other side of yeah, the hall. Yeah, a bird or something. It was a dog that was yelling in English. <laughs> no, that oh, was yeah. Diablo inside the dog. Mm. Uh, oh, bird. Yeah, bird would be scary because you just fly everywhere. Yeah. And stand people. Um. So we realize that Jorno, no, that Narancha in Jorno's body is like impaled basically so that's what happened when time skipped kim crimson took Jorno's body with narancha inside and made it dead fatality him yeah feeling word on offense yeah he's like somehow he's all the bars are inside him which is weird i don't know how he did this in 10 seconds because it's also like isn't it like there's a crossbar? It's not like they're just open spikes that he could throw them up into. I think they are open spikes. Oh, okay. I thought there was a bar at the bottom that would prevent this. At the bottom, yes. But at the top, I think it's like one of those things where it's just spikes sticking out. Oh, so it's the pit one from Mortal Kombat 1. And you, you uppercut them onto spikes. Yes. It's not like that stage in Mortal Kombat 2 where you hit the ceiling. Yes. And then if you hold down on both players' controls, they fall off the spikes during the ending animation. I'm not going to challenge this. Sorry, I was looking at the beach in Hawaii <laughs> while thinking. Uh, everything I said is true. Uh, we can't we can't fact check. It, listeners, write in and fact, fact check Mark. Yep. Um, oh, the Mortal Kombat stuff is just true. Unless you mean the spice. Well, I don't know. All of that. Everything. Okay, fine. I'm right. I mean, I can't. Okay, anyway. I'm, I'm correct. Uh, so then... Um, Bucciarati used sticky fingers to zip the bars off right. so that they can yeah. get... Unzip your body from the bars. Yeah. Um, and then... Yeah. So Giorno heals his own body and he realizes, oh shit, this is an empty shell. Yeah, so Giorno as Narancia's body heals his Giorno body. Yeah. Because Narancia is gone. Narancia yeah. is dead. They, they realize Narancia is dead. Right. And then Jorno just goes back into his own body because I guess he can do that Yeah, now. he's like, this body is so empty. It's like my soul could go right back in. And I thought he was just, like, using a simile, you know, just, like, explaining how Narancia is definitely dead. But then he somehow does slip back into his body. I don't understand. I don't think you should have control over where your soul goes. That doesn't seem like a thing. Like, lots of things are empty, you know? <laughs> well, I, if, if this is True. part of William's power, that if your original body dies you go back into it i guess normally it's not healed or something or if you're if the person in your body dies yeah but your body is rehealed by giorno then you can go back in or is this just that giorno and his stand can do everything under the sun i think if somebody dies in your body you shouldn't be allowed to now use that body that body died you know what i mean yeah right because Otherwise, you can just 
like, because I, I feel like now Giorno should be a zombie too, just like Bucciarati, because that's what happened to Bucciarati. He died. His body died. Giorno somehow healed him and his soul stayed in, in the dead body. And so it's just a soul animating a dead body. That's what it should be for Giorno too, because he just healed a body that had been dead. You know? Yep. Yeah, unless it's just his power that he can jump his soul into different vessels. That would not surprise me. It would not please me. <laughs> but to know. even so, I don't think that his body should be allowed to to live like a normal body does. Because I think that it should follow the same rules as Bucciarati. But it probably won't because convenience of the plot and stuff. This is funny. You keep saying shouldn't deserve. It sounds like you're being like, it's not fair. It's not fair that you get to go back in your body. I'm just saying, like, the rule should be consistent. No, I know. You I know? know, and like, think that, like, that was what, that was, like, so, so the idea of, of Gucciarati being in this weird zombie body where he's alive, his body's kind of not, like, that's a weird thing that had to be explained to us and we need to understand it, kind of, right? So we learned that these are, these are some rules about, like, we know that, like, now if Giorno tries to heal somebody and they die, the same thing could potentially happen to them where they're occupying a body that's already dead. Right. right? Their and body's so, up for grabs. Yeah. So I think that that's, I don't know. If Naracha died in this body, uh-huh. the body should also be dying and decaying in the same way. But maybe not. Maybe it's a timing thing, too. Maybe Naracha died right as the body was being healed. So it doesn't, it didn't, it, the body never actually stopped, you know? It was kind of like a switcheroo. I don't know. There are no rules. <laughs> So I have another question about this. They said that the reason that Diavolo attacked Narancho was to get rid of Lil Bomber. How did he know? I guess he must have assumed that. Well, how did he know that Narancho was in Giorno's body? He's well, probably watching the whole time. Yeah, they were all talking about it. Yeah. And he might be nearby. Okay. Uh, so that, yeah, Giorno slips back in and we get this nice. Kind of short. I don't know. Okay, funeral scene it's for Narancha. Narancha's the best. Narancha is dead. I, I found it overbearing. Oh, by the way, all of the the scenes with Fugo where he imagines, like, he just thinks about Fugo, and then we see Fugo seeing, like, the shadow of a plane going over the clouds, mm-hmm. all added by the anime. It's cute. Fugo is not seen in the manga. Ever again. That's a huge missed opportunity, I feel. What is? Not bringing Fugo back. I just He's just not seen like this right here. I didn't say anything about going forward. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Okay. I'm not saying that he is coming back. I'm not saying that he's not. I'm just saying that I, he's You're not. You're saying definitely is. I'm not saying anything definite. Hmm. I'm just saying Fugo did not, we did not see Fugo looking around. We didn't see him seeing Naranja's plain soul fly around. That's all I'm saying. So, anyway, rest in planes, Narancha. Pretty good. Rest yeah. in pepperoni. Rest in pizza. Rest okay. in Giorno. Yeah, well, he doesn't. Sure. <laughs> he, he doesn't go anywhere. Well, he rests in his own. Rest in proper body. Anyway, so they're like, so, you know, after everybody, like, stops being, you know, sad or whatever, they're like. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, he's dead. Move on. He's dead for so long. They're like, how the hell did this happen? Where is the boss? He doesn't have the range. Um, and then they're like, oh, you know, the split. And then and then Polnareff is like, well, he has a split personality, and so there's two minds. And 
and Polnareff starts talking about like the science of like and psychology of split per- split uh, personalities. This is like the opposite of that Phil Collins song, Two Hearts, mm-hmm. where it's two hearts and one mind. Mm-hmm. This is one heart and two minds. Yes, correct. Yeah, just making sure. How do you feel about Polnareff's explanation of split personality disorder? Um. It's fine. So the feature thing is just not true. Araki just like read a bunch of like he picked up a book called like bullshit and just read it and was like, I heard about a thing where facial features. It's not true. Um, facial features? Fa- Rachel from Friends' features. Uh-huh. Uh, no, the facial features can change when, uh, when you have multiple personalities. Uh-huh. In the manga, Polnara references a case in Ohio about Billy Milligan who was this guy that was found guilty of three really heinous crimes. And no, he wasn't found guilty. He did these three heinous things. And then in court, they found him not guilty because one of his other identities actually committed the crimes. Hmm. Uh, so it was a sort of landmark personality or dissociative identity disorder case. Um, that I don't think has been really repeated, but yeah, they took that out. And I'm guessing in part because of the nature of the crimes. Um, that's not in the anime here, but it's in the manga if you want to read about it. Cool. Yep. They double down on it because Polnareff at one point goes like, this is not a hypothesis. It's all true. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, what? It's the truth. Damn. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Araki's like, I'm not fucking around. Uh, <laughs> I read about it in a book called Bullshit. So Polnareff has all this time to explain all of this stuff. Meanwhile, if I was the boss, I would be stopping time and killing them all before they can figure out anything, you know? Yeah, that aggravated me a lot. I was like, get out of there! Yeah, right. Well, they figure that he must he must already, like, be in hiding or must be already getting away from them. But I don't know why. Why didn't he just kill them all and then all his problems are solved? They're he doesn't have time. He's, he's going after the arrow. I guess he's going after the arrow. All right, fine. So they... Go, they start to go after the arrow. Um, hey, is it in part four? In part four, there's something that like flies around. Every, it's the arrow, right? Is the arrow like in transit at one point in part four? Yeah, it's flying around because uh, Ghost Dad in the photo is holding it. And he's just like blowing around, right? And like, doesn't a kid pick it up or something? Or? Like a bird has picked up the photo at one point and is flying him around. What a good arc. I love part four. So ridiculous. It just doesn't feel as high stakes, you know? It's not as serious as this part. It's just, like, ridiculous and great. Yeah. I th- we were more inclined to let things like that slide in part four for some reason. Which, whose dad is it in part four? Oh, it's the ghost dad of, Oh, it's uh, Kira's dad, right? Yes. Yes. So yeah, right. weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh... Anyway. Right, so, um... Mista made sure that Butrati won't move, and Giorno makes a promise to Butrati's body. Back. No, 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 not Ancha. Oh, is it Arancha? No, it's not Arancha. Arancha's dead. Oh, that he'll take him home or a different promise. Giorno makes a promise to Butrati's body that right? Was to Arancha's body. It was Arancha's body. The, the one about taking him home. Yeah. That's Arancha. And he turns him into a plant. He just grows flowers around him. I don't know. He like makes the beginning sequence of Stardust Crusaders happen around him mm-hmm. with Holly's plants. Um, and one thing I noted here was because they all go off. They're like, let's go find the arrow. And now like Diablo is just hanging out with them. Like Diablo's body is just hanging out with them. Uh, and I'm surprised Trish isn't like, so this is my dad's body, you know, <laughs> like, 
I don't know. Can like, she acknowledge she, that she sees a family resemblance or something? If she like now approaches Bucciolati physically, is this incestual? Yes. Incestuous. Yeah. But not if she's still in uh Mesa's body. Well then, then it's fine. Well what defines uh, uh, never mind. I don't wanna I don't wanna yell about this. I'm in a hotel. I don't want people to hear me debate <laughs> when when something is incest and when it isn't. Yeah. So I'll take it to the streets when I'm get, ready. We don't want to get kicked out of Hawaii. That's right. <laughs> All of Hawaii. Hawaii's anti-incest, unlike the other states. Right. They're, they're not a fan. Um, so they're they're walking around, and uh, there's like a rapist in, in a cop's body who... Sees, we saw this guy earlier, last episode. Yes. And so he sees Trish, and he like goes after her. And Mista, who is Trish's body... Uh, Mises just shoots him in the face. He just shoots him right in the mouth. Right in the mouth. It is really funny to and me. And then he handcuffs him to a pole, but he handcuffs him by the mouth. Like he, uses he the, does? Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't see that. He uses the hole that he made in his mouth with the bullet. Oh my He shoots him in goodness. the mouth, and then he, he fucking handcuffs that the, a hook in his mouth, basically. And, which, and, and handcuffs him to the bolt. Which, by the way, he says afterwards, he's like, I thought maybe this was the boss, so I shot him, but it turns out he it's just, close. he says it's just some cop. Then why are you handcuffing him by his mouth? Like, if you think, because he doesn't know that it's a criminal in the he, cop's body. Right. I mean, also, don't just shoot criminals just because they're criminals. You know, I mean, this guy's a pervert, but. Yeah. He is also a criminal, though. He probably yeah, but like, police. if he, even if this criminal sucks, just like shoot him in like the legs or something, you know, you don't have to shoot him in the mouth and then double down by handcuffing him by his mouth. I think it was an appropriate reaction. He was being attacked. You thought it was an appropriate or inappropriate? It was appropriate. I don't think that's right. He I wasn't being fine. attacked. The, co- the cop goes, hey, lady, stop. I'm arresting you. And then he just tries to grab her, him, body, and get shot in the face. And then he's like, oh, it's just some cop. But he hates cops? Is that what it is? So he's like, yeah. I'm going to handcuff this cop by his mouth. The cop was a rapist. You don't know that. He was just being horny. <laughs> you, probably. Anyway, so they start following. But he didn't know that. Yeah, he didn't know that. So there. I think all of it was fine. Um, so they start following Requiem, and Requiem is walking real slowly, and somebody trips him. Who is it? Is it Jorno? Uh, I think. Which one? Uchilati. Uchilati in Diablo's body. Yeah. Trips Requiem. And I feel bad for it. Yeah, he did. He just falls so easily. He just smacks his face. Um, and for some reason says like, oh yeah, civilians can see and touch it, but I don't know why it knows that. Um, and then Jorno goes to, because the arrow falls when Requiem slips. And so Jorno goes to pick up the arrow, but fingers start coming out of his hands, all gross. Gold experience. Yeah. Gold experience starts coming out of the crack in the ground and out of his fingers. Yeah. Because it's like, nope, you can't touch it. Yeah. And if you and and they also try to throw a rock at it and the rock just flies back, which is, I guess, another part of this somehow that we're not sure about. And so they're like, how do we pick it up? What if a non-stand user picks it up? And that like is an interesting proposition. And I was like, oh, now it's going to be about manipulating a civilian to go pick up the arrow for them. But instead, it's like, no, watch me break my own rules because Polnara Turtle picks it up with his mouth and is like, I'm not a stand user anymore. Yeah, he's not. 
How is he not standing there? He's got a stand walking out there. No, that's not his stand anymore. The stand is independent. Now it's a big piece of plastic that everyone can see. Yeah, that it's is, independent. That is very it's silly. It's independent. is single. The genie is free now. Yeah. Okay. He's nobody's master. So now the lamp is like, I'm just a regular lamp. I don't have a genie. Yeah. Use me to light your darkened rooms. Yes. Okay. Yes. Why are you it's, knocking lamps, dude? I'm, no, you're, I'm just following your metaphor. It's not oh. knocking them. It's very useful when you have a darkened room. It's That's just, what happened now. And then, and then what? Well, you picked it up and you're a turtle. You don't move that fast. You can't like bring it up above the ground very far. What is? What are they even supposed to do with the arrow once they have it? I don't. Oh well. Oh well. This is where Polnareff says, "Mista, quick, stab your stand with it. You know, stab one of your sex pistols." What is that going to do? It's going to turn the sex pistols more powerful theoretically. Well, wouldn't it make them bad? Would well, no. Know? This is what we we're talking about. Where I was like, it'll just end up being a thing that turns, you know, oxygen into nitrogen or whatever. Silver Chariot Requiem isn't evil. Silver Chariot Requiem is just like, I know what's best for everyone, and that's that I take this arrow somewhere. I don't know. He's going down to 7-Eleven or something. Because they don't know where he's going. They said he's not looking ahead at his destination. He's not looking at us. He's just going somewhere. I think he's going down to 7-Eleven person coffee. Mm. Um, he does seem tired. Mm. Um, what is 7-Eleven for coffee in rural Italy, though? The espresso capital of the world. That's a good point, but... I mean, this stand isn't looking, you know, he's not, he doesn't have his head up in the air to look around for all the amazing coffee opportunities. You can just feel the 7-Eleven's aura. Look, maybe he's not a coffee snob like you and me. Yeah, but you have to be a coffee dumbass to go to 7-Eleven in Rome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think maybe the 7-Elevens in Rome, they don't even sell coffee? They're like, no, get out of here. We wouldn't do that. Maybe. Maybe. Italian listeners, write in and tell us. If, uh, I was going to say 7-Eleven in Italian, but I remembered that I don't know how to do that. So, <laughs> just roll in. Uh, yeah, and then this is where it freezes, because we see that Silver Chariot Requiem is like, oh, shit, I dropped my arrow. And he realizes that the turtle, Polnareff, has picked it up, which almost answers his question. That's like, yes, if you're a non-stand user and you go to touch the arrow, you don't have a stand that will prevent you from doing so. However, your ex-stand... Will still be upset and will run back mm-hmm. to attack you. Yeah. So. And I they told Mista to, to stab himself, right? No, we'll just stab his stand. Because this is not the Kira bites the dust part four arrow. No, no, no. This is the needle nose beetle arrow where you stab your stand. This anime has gotten complicated. Yeah. I don't know what's gonna happen anymore. There's no way you could. There's just no way. It's like a random number generator at this point. And I like it. But I'm uncomfortable with Diablo's body being in their party. It just feels wrong. It feels like a threat is just with them. He's such a cool-looking guy, though. Yeah, but, like, they shouldn't be cool with him, you know? They should be like, this is weird. But they've never met him before. They don't know, you know? So you think that... They should be cool with him because they can't judge him. Yeah, like they don't have any experience dealing with this person. No, 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 no. Yeah, I know they don't. They don't associate his appearance with anything, but I do, and I feel weird about it. I see. I'm just putting it out there. It's kind of like when Magus joins your party in Chrono Trigger, 
or when Bowser joins your party in Mario RPG. But I'm so used to that by now, it doesn't feel wrong at all. Anyway, listen, listeners, we don't know what we're going to do after this anime. We've got fucking four episodes left. Um, and uh, we might end up having to watch a firefighter show. <laughs> Maybe we'll watch Evangelion and just be sad. If you have ideas, write in. I can't guarantee we'll actually entertain them. We're going to do something. We're going to do. We're gonna keep trying to podcast. Yeah. I think we should keep the name, though. But people are going to be like, what is this show? Is there another show with uh, the name JoJo that has nothing to do? Like, maybe we can just make the podcast about, like, the singer JoJo or... Or that... What's that? What's that? JoJo's career. What'd you say, Miles? We'll go track by track through JoJo's entire career. What what is JoJo Siwa? Is that from a, a what's that like? It's like a child beauty pageant show. I don't know. Whenever I go to look up JoJo on something, it shows me this little girl who's like a young beauty pageant thing. I don't know. Let's just uh let's just watch Gege no Kitaro or uh, Detective Conan or Phoenix or whatever anyway hopefully this doesn't sound like shit there's a chance it sounds so bad that i even upload this and you never hear this this is just three people talking to each other over skype um yeah again write in jojo's bizarre pod at gmail.com follow us on twitter at jjbpod and please rate us and review us not on the quality of this episode however uh if you look us up on apple podcasts formerly known as itunes please leave us a nice thing uh and mahalo aloha yes have a good week enjoy the rest of your vacation mark and jackie thanks miles enjoy new jersey in the future Bye. Bye. bye